what's going on guys welcome to or welcome back to consuming crime it's your host jules here i almost like jen and jules oh my god it has been it's been way too long for me to keep messing that up what's going on guys welcome to or welcome back to consuming crime it is your host jules here okay so today i'm going to be recording three episodes they're going to be like spread out over three weeks is one episode every friday but uh i'm gonna be wearing the same outfit so if you were watching my video no i'm not recycling the outfit this is the same day it's actually october 16th to give you an idea on what day it is so before before i get into today's episode i i wanted to ask you guys um first of all i would like to give a moment of silence for any loved ones that have passed in your life in my life i recently had a an old friend of mine pass away recently and it's probably the closest thing i've felt to loss even though him and i weren't very close but it does kind of show you that you never know where life's going to take you and you just have to appreciate every single moment for what it is so i do want to put a minute of silence in this episode just for us to think and pray about our loved ones so let's go ahead and start Okay, so, I don't really know how to transition from that. I don't want to say anyway and be insensitive, but um, there will be a link in the description below for a GoFundMe for Leo Jr. So if you guys can, go ahead and make a donation. It would mean everything, if not a silent prayer, if not a share. Anything means everything, of course. With all of that being said, let's get into today's case. Today's case I is is an interesting one, and I do want to get your, your guys' opinion on the Adnan Syed and Heyman Lee case. If you haven't already heard about it, a podcast called Serial dedicated their entire podcast to covering this case because it was just so confusing, and it just seemed like the officers involved kind of just wanted to rush to an ending, so they kind of pinned it on somebody that fit the box the best. I don't know the entire story. I'm going to give you what I know, get your opinions, and then I am curious to do a part two to cover any other aspects of the case that I may have missed. Anand Sayed was convicted of strangling his ex-girlfriend. He denies killing her, and he says he had no reason to. This documentary claims to interview friends of his and people that could help answer some unknown questions, as well as bringing up new evidence, which is interesting that a documentary is making this claim, so let's see what it is. This homicide happened in 1999. The victim was Heyman Lee from Baltimore. She was 18 years old at the time of her death. The podcast host is trying to figure out where a high school kid was for an hour after school one day. Millions of people were convinced of his innocence and still are to this day. 
Adnan's attorney, Justin Brown, is arguing that he deserves a new trial. So today I'm going to be talking about two different attorneys, defense attorneys. Uh, Justin Brown is his attorney now trying to get him a new trial. The previous one, um, I'll get to her full name later, but I know, I believe it's Christina Gutierrez, actually. At the time of this documentary, Adnan had been in prison for 17 years. That's the brief summary. Now let's get into the details. This case takes place in Baltimore County, Maryland at Woodland High School. Krista Remmers is now being interviewed, and this woman was close with the two teenagers at the heart of the story, Heyman Lee and Adnan Sayed. Heyman was super sweet, very goofy, and the type of person you'd fall in love with right away. Really into sports, she loved lacrosse and field hockey. Also very smart. I believe she was getting scholarships, or she was getting offered scholarships. She was a child of a Korean immigrant family, and she was the oldest. Ednan was an honor student. He ran track and was popular with the girls. Nice. <laughs> he was also a son of immigrants. His family was from Pakistan and they were Muslim. I Oh man, I should have written down how to pronounce this. Sa- Sayad? Let me Google this. This is one of his close friends. Sayad Chaudhry was Adnan's best friend and he's being interviewed now. He compares growing up Muslim to growing up Orthodox, Jewish, or Catholic. Adnan would take his allowance and smoke weed, chill with some girls, and that was normal as a teenager. Like, it's very normal for us to want to go do that. Us, like I'm still a teenager. Back in the day, hang out with your friends, some friends smoke weed, whatever, it's not a big deal. But when you're Muslim, it's horrible. Or just super religious, I think. Adnan and Hay were together from prom and they fell for each other quickly. A teacher from the school says they were very affectionate with each other and they were a popular couple. The only issue was their parents. They were very strict and they were not supposed to be dating each other. This sounds like Romeo and Juliet a little bit. I kind of like that. Um, It's like forbidden love. It didn't bother Adnan, but Hay struggled a little bit. She was afraid Adnan would have to choose one day between her and his religion. In her diary, she wrote, I love him. It's just all the things that stand in the middle. His religion and Muslim customs are the main thing. After eight months, the family pressure led to their breakup. Neither of them were over it, but they did their best to be friends. Hay's affections grew elsewhere to a co-worker at the mall and a relationship bloomed between her and that guy. Adnan's reaction to the breakup was normal, according to people around him, and he was sad, but he was ready to move on. On January 13, 1999, Hay left in a rush to get her eight-year-old cousin from school before work to see, so she can go see her boyfriend. Hay never made it to her 3 p.m. pickup. She just vanished. Not too much time passes, and her body was found about 100 years... Years? Not too much time passes, and her body was found 100 yards off the roadway, partially buried. They identified her from her clothing and her personal belongings. Her loved ones were in shock. They could not believe it. Adnan and Sayad hung out the same night. He asked Adnan, do you know anything about this? He literally laughed because he didn't. It's not funny though. Like, I I want to be on Adnan's side, but to, to say that he laughed, like, dude, come on. Like, don't be a d- Like... I don't know. I don't think it's funny. Especially when it's that fresh. Like, if you really loved her, why are you laughing? That doesn't mean that he did it. I just don't like his reaction. Her cause of death was strangulation, and the manner was definitely homicide. An anonymous tip was sent in to concentrate on the victim's boyfriend, Adnan Sayed, which that's not even her boyfriend anymore. Like, get it together. They subpoena his phone, and there were 34 calls. Damn. The day she disappeared. Who is calling you, my guy? 
Police say these calls put him at the scene of the crime based on the cell tower pings. Okay, so there there's a part of this documentary that I got very confused, so I'm going to try to think out loud and maybe you guys can help me find where my thoughts are at. Her car was found a short distance from where her body was found. They take a nun in for questioning. A staff member of the school felt that he did it because he was upset about her new boyfriend. Okay, you're a staff member at the school. Like, what did you, what specifically did you see besides him being upset that makes you think that he killed her? It, it, just being mad at somebody is not reason to be like, he did it or she did it. It's not enough. At this bail hearing trial, lots of Muslim members were in the seating area, and this was supposed to be a sign of support, but it ended up backfiring. The prosecutor uses that and says, there is a pattern in America where young Pakistan males have been jilted, committed murder, and have fled back to Pakistan, and we're not able to prosecute. So they're making it look like, oh, his Pakistani family is behind us, probably to take him back to Pakistan, which was not the case. The defense attorney says there was never a pattern. She just said it to say it. She said he has everyone here to help him flee, essentially, which is not the case. The judge denied bail. There was no physical evidence linking him to the murder. The defense attorney thought that this would be a piece of cake. The prosecution had a witness, Jay Wilds, who was Adnan's friend since middle school. This, this character is very interesting, and I know for sure that when I listened in on the Serial podcast, which I will have to listen to again, there was way more, way more um, information against this Jay person than this documentary talks about. The witness told different stories, like his story kept changing, but it's thought that officers worked a story into him, which we've heard this happen time and time again. He said, I went out, I went shopping with an ex-friend of mine, Ednan, ex-friend. The day she disappeared, they went to the mall together. Ednan told him, I'm going to kill Hay. He's saying that Ednan literally told him he's going to kill Hay. We left the mall, I took him to school, and he left his car, his phone, in the car, with Jay. Hold on. See, this is where I get confused, and I'm telling you, I remember I rewound it so many times to make sure I was writing it down correctly. Listen to this. He said, we left the mall, I took him to school, and he left his phone in the car with me. He said he would call me. Like, with what phone? I I don't understand this, because if officers or whoever is claiming that Adnan was at the scene of the crime when it happened, but now this J guy is trying to say that Adnan left his phone with him, then wouldn't that place J at the scene of the crime? Do you guys understand what I'm getting at? Am I making sense? Because this doesn't make sense. And not to mention, why am I going to leave my phone with my friend, let's say Rebecca, and I'm going to tell her, oh, I'll call you later? With what phone? Do they have pay phones? Maybe he, I don't know. But even then, like, if Rebecca went to go kill one of my ex-boyfriends, then yeah, my phone would be at the scene of the crime. That doesn't mean I am. And if Rebecca was trying to frame me or whatever, she wouldn't have randomly put in the information of, well, she left her phone in my car. Okay, let's continue. Sorry, that, that part just kind of throws me for a huge loop. So, and then, and then after this, apparently Adnan called his friend Jay and said, that bitch is dead. Come and get me. I'm at Best Buy. Adnan shows him to a trunk and Hay is in the trunk dead, according to Jay, by the way. But two weeks before this, mind you, Jay is saying this on the stand, on the witness stand. But two weeks before, when Jay was interviewed, he didn't say that he was in a Best Buy parking lot. He just said, like, a random parking lot. Which, granted, he could have added that detail later. But 
he just he oh no 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 look okay okay i'm i'm getting ahead of myself i'm getting too excited so two weeks earlier when jay was interviewed he didn't say the best by parking lot he said i went to pick him up off some random street and that's where he showed me her body in a trunk so he used another car did he call her off of Hayes' phone? The attorneys obviously questioned this change in answer. How did it go from a random street to a Best Buy parking lot? And, and you can kind of look at this in two ways. Either in this moment is such a serious moment for you. How do you not remember? But you can also look at it as this moment was probably so traumatizing for you that maybe your memory is blurred. You can look at it both ways. I It just depends on your perspective. I personally, I don't believe Jay at all. Oh my gosh. So Jay admits that he lied both ways times he had given a total a total of seven different locations i don't care how traumatized you are from something you don't have seven different memories of it you don't you either forget it happened or like you mess up once or twice but seven according to jay him and ednan ditched her car with her body left in the trunk they went back to school because ednan said i need to be seen there at track practice okay like plausible Sometime that night is where they take her car and bury her in the woods. The defense attorney brings up some red flags, though, besides the ones that I've already mentioned when it comes to Jay. Initially, initially, Jay was one of the prime suspects, but all of a sudden, things started to change when he started cooperating with the police. What, one thing I really, really wanted to get into is why was Jay a prime suspect, but this documentary does not cover it, which is why... I want to make a part two of this. Let me know what you guys think. It's not a new thing that witness testimony is unreliable, but this is insane. The judge called the defense attorney. Oh my God. At some point in the case, the judge called the defense attorney, Christina Gutierrez, a liar within earshot of the jury. So they obviously had to declare a mistrial just as things were finishing up because if the jury hears the judge calling one of the attorneys a liar, obviously they're gonna side i mean i would too i'd be like well the judge is calling you this you must be you know anyway so that one was a mistrial and actually when one of the attorneys pulled aside some jurors four or five said they would have voted not guilty five weeks later a new trial begins adnan testifies differently than jay he did loan jay his car with his phone in the car okay so this checks out jay drove him back to track practice this part is true they smoked weed together when he picked him up. Later on, Adnan dropped off Jay, went home, and he got some food for his dad, who was at the mosque, which is a Muslim place of worship. They both stayed for evening prayers until around 10 p.m., and he is adamant that he did not kill Hay. I really feel like the amount of lies that Jay had, he should have been declared an unreliable witness, and he shouldn't have been on the stand. He should not have been on the stand. In a released phone call from prison, he says, I had no reason to kill her. I had nothing but love and respect for her. And before I continue, I have to tell you guys, I'm not super like Anon did not do it or super Anon is guilty. I just, I don't, so far, I don't see enough to convict somebody of murder at this point. Feel free to disagree with me. That's the whole point. Remember, I always encourage opinions. Jay says otherwise. He said he killed her. I helped bury her. Here's the car. The motive, they're saying, is something written in Hayes' diary. How would Ednan be reading Hayes' diary if they were broken up? Why would he be in her house to read her diary? So she calls him possessive. She says he is not taking the breakup well. On the back, these words were allegedly written by Ednan. Wait, what? On the back of the diary, these words were allegedly written by Ednan. 
I'm going to kill. Why would he do that? I mean, I don't know him, but it just sounds really dumb. For like an honor student, you know? I don't know. Maybe book smart isn't, does not equate street smart, but still. A week later, she's dead. They pull his phone records and claim these calls link him to the burial site around the time Jay says they would have buried her. Yeah, so with the phone story, this makes sense because he would have had his phone back at this time. But two incoming calls to Ednan's phone, one at 7.09 and one at 7.16. These two incoming calls place him at the scene of the crime, according to the prosecuting attorney. One juror says the strongest point was when the guy says I helped him bury her. How is that? How is somebody else saying something about someone the strongest evidence? That's not a good answer. It could be unanswered. Like, oh, one of the things that led me to believe he was guilty was when the guy said this. Sure. But if that's the strongest point, somebody gossiping, you're a moron. I don't I hate like getting like mad during these things because i always wonder i wonder if like this specific person i'm talking about is gonna watch it and then i get like canceled i always wondered what like my consuming crime brand was gonna be and i'm starting to think it's gonna turn into like this is the true crime podcast where the host gets really mad at like the randomest things (laughs) it's okay that can be my brand his second trial lasted six weeks the jury deliberated in two hours with a guilty verdict on first degree murder and kidnapping so i'm assuming they let jay testify obviously, because that's pretty much all they had besides the incoming phone calls. By the way, later on, there are some details about those two phone calls that kind of make it seem invalid. On February 25th, the year 2000, the judge sentenced him to the rest of his life in prison. In 2013, 13 years later, Rabia Chowdhury, a close friend of the Syed family and an attorney, approached journalist Sarah Koenig, hoping she would do a piece on the case. Sarah Koenig, is the host of the serial podcast which is a 12-part series on the case i highly highly recommend you guys go listen to that um i definitely need to because i want to know more about this jay wilds character the first episode was called the alibi Koenig introduces us to asia mclean she was a classmate who wrote a letter to him the day after he was arrested back on march 1st 1999 a part of it reads I'm not sure if you remember talking to me in the library on January 13th, but I remember chatting with you. This was at about 2.20 or 2.40. This was the time he would have been killing Hay. She's being interviewed now, and she still accounts this happening. Adnan gave these letters to his defense attorney, and she never followed up did she mention them. Listen, I am not going to say... I'm leaning in very close to the camera if you're on my YouTube channel. I'm not going to say that Asia McLean's testimony means that he's innocent because 220 in her head it could have been 120 1220 you know maybe who knows she could have just been a friend that wanted him to get off but 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 if we're gonna give weight to jay's testimony someone that's proven to be a liar why wouldn't we give weight to asia mcclain's why wouldn't we listen to the whole story is what i'm saying you know I don't think it's up to Jay to say he's guilty and it's not up to Asia to say he's innocent. But like, give all the details is my point. She says, we made eye contact. He said, hi. I asked about his breakup with Hay and he told me she was dating someone else. He wanted her to be happy and he didn't seem disturbed or angry with her. Marcus Kuprios, a former prosecuting attorney, is being interviewed and he's saying that it makes perfect sense that Christina did not call her. Hmm. Explain. He said that saying she wouldn't what wait a minute 
This guy is saying that Asia McLean would not have been a credible witness. Okay, but Jay was? He lied seven times. Come on. You know what? My window's open. I just realized. My neighbors are going to think I'm crazy. Whatever. So stupid. If you were a juror, wouldn't you want to hear everything? Come, like, if we're going to use witness testimony, use all of it. He's trying to say he doesn't agree with the alibi witness. I, <laughs> I don't think it matters. What matters is giving the jury everything. I cannot stress that enough. I'm, I'm going to stop talking about it because I think you guys get my point. The podcast serial is Adnan's glimmer of hope. Bob Ruff, a fellow podcaster, had an audience of full-on investigators. Not one person... Now, one person saw Ednan with Hay at school on the day she went missing and was killed. No one saw him get in the car. The only person saying that he did this and tying him to this is Jay. There's no other witnesses saying he even saw him with Jay. Nothing. Colin Miller, an attorney, is being interviewed on Bob's podcast, Undisclosed. He's saying, There's nothing in the state's case that makes any sense given the objective medical evidence. There's no way she was in the trunk of her Sentra for four to five hours after she was killed because she would not have fixed frontal lividity. Remember, the prosecution and Jay is saying that they he killed her, he picked them up, after he killed her and they left her in the trunk for four to five hours if that was the case i'm just gonna read how they put it so i can make sense lividity refers to the science that when we die blood flows to gravity dependent areas so wherever you die your blood's gonna go on that side of your body this was present on the front of her body which means she would have been face down it takes eight to twelve hours to become fixed this is and i remember getting confused and then later i was like okay that makes sense so the prosecution is saying she was killed around 2.30 and then buried on her right side around 7 p.m. It is believed she was facing down when she died, stayed there for 8 to 12 hours, and then buried. If it was that quick, the blood would have been fixed on her right side, but the blood was on her front. So the way that she, the medical autopsy and evidence reveals that she would have had to been dead on her front like facing down for 8 to 12 hours and then later buried on her right side because if she had been on her let's say facing down for four to five hours and then buried on her right side it'd be on the right side because it takes 8 to 12 hours to settle in so if i die facing down for and i'm there for 8 to 12 hours and then somebody flips me over the blood will still be on my front side Does that make sense hopefully this makes sense another thing that makes jay an incredible incredible is that the opposite of credible this is what makes him a unreliable witness there you go that's the word i was looking for on february 3rd 2016 a maryland circuit court heard the argument for a new trial they needed to show the failure of the defense attorney especially when you consider the alibi she did not mention asia mclean finally got to testify and she's testifying in the case for a new trial not in the new trial they haven't gotten that uh, Marcus is back being interviewed. This is the prosecuting attorney, the second person that I cussed at in this episode. He's saying she wasn't called and now because of a podcast, we're going to rely on it, like on someone's memory from 17 years ago. First of all, she doesn't have to remember because she wrote him a letter in prison, so she doesn't have to remember 17 years ago. Second of all, why are we still talking to him? Go away. There is another bomb that challenges the conviction. And the main piece of evidence against Adnan, the cell phone records. This is what I was going to get into earlier. 
The state had called their own cell tower expert originally. He explained how someone could pinpoint a location and how they could place Adnan at a location. This was all based on incoming phone calls, but the state's expert never saw a piece of evidence that had been attached to the records. This, this is the same person. So the same person that testified saying that Adnan was at this place based on these phone records is now being interviewed in the documentary. He changes his mind, you guys. This piece of paper states, Outgoing calls only are reliable for location status. Any incoming calls will not be considered reliable information for location. Both of those calls were incoming, which means the prosecution took the records, took off that piece of paper that says, hey, don't rely on incoming phone calls, gave it to the, the expert, the cell phone tower expert, and then had him testify, but he never saw that paper until now. The expert said in two affidavits, if he had seen this at that time, he would have never testified how he did. He says, even if the phone was connected to the cell tower, we can't positively say that the phone was at Leakin Park. There's no way to do that from these records. It's completely invalid. This is the same person that testified he was in a certain spot. But, but, devil's advocate for a second, because I just want to disagree with everybody in this freaking documentary, if you're a cell phone tower expert, why do you not know that? Is this... Okay. Justin Brown, this is his new defense attorney, Adnan's new defense attorney, presented all of this to the court, the alibi and the phone calls. This documentary starts getting into Christina Gutierrez and justifying her actions. And you know what? I'm going to tread very carefully on on this because i i don't know where she is now i don't want to ever speak ill of somebody that's going through something but they blame her going through a debilitating illness on why she did not do a good job as a defense attorney for ednon before this she was a good attorney i don't know how to feel about this because i want to resonate with somebody going through something this terrible but it, it it's not an excuse to do a bad job like if if it's that bad then just give the case to somebody else i mean but at the same time i, I don't know her story maybe she needed the money i don't know so i'm just gonna leave that there i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna touch it because i don't want to be disrespectful and then um this is gonna sound really abrupt but the documentary ends there that's it um i looked up any updates and i'm seeing that he was granted a new trial in 2016 but i am also seeing that in 2019 the state didn't want to hear it and it looks like as of right now he's going to be in jail the rest of his life <sighs> do i think he did it i don't know do i think he's innocent i don't know all i know is his trial was bull the trial that put him in prison was not okay you they were allowing an unreliable witness to speak they did not allow another witness testimony and the prosecution, somebody, I don't know if it was a prosecution, but somebody took out a piece of paper that was very important, that was very important in playing a part in him going to prison. So I don't know what happened. I'm not going to say he didn't do it. I'm not going to say he did because I don't know. I don't know enough, but I do encourage you guys to check out the Serial podcast. That is a 12 part series and they cover Jay, Adnan, Hay. Asia, everybody. And feel free to give me your opinions based on what you know now. Do you feel like he deserved a new trial? Do you think he's innocent? Do you think he's guilty? Let me know let me know your thoughts. And if you guys want a part two, I can 
I can dive deep into the serial podcast and I can get into that more in detail because I, I want to know about this J guy. I do want to know about this J guy. Anyway, with all that being said, thank you guys for being a crime consumer. Thank you for listening and you will hear me next week.